Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 34 of the Communication Coach. It's Nikki here, I hope you're having a great day, whatever you're doing. And today I thought we would talk about how to stop your emotions taking over conversations. So I have been reading Twitter this week and one of the questions on there were from somebody saying, I understand that I give an emotional response sometimes, I just don't know how to stop it. So I thought I would cover that today with some tips on how you can do that, but also how you can recognise that you are coming at a conversation from your emotional point of view and also just about why that happens. So let's cover first off why that happens. So I have a great phrase in life that I like to use about communication and in my negotiation teaching and I always say it's all about you and often we come at our conversations from a point of view that is all about us. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, I'm just saying that if you listen to your own conversations and you think about the words that you use and whose point of view you come at life from, it's going to be yours. Now, some people are very good at putting themselves in other people's shoes, but it takes practice. It takes a, a technique. It takes a conscious effort and a greater understanding of yourself and self-awareness and also of other people. So sometimes we will come back in a conversation, especially if we're feeling emotional, with a point of view and perhaps say it in a way that we wouldn't normally have a conversation. And it's also generally when we're feeling very emotional or we're tired or we're giving an immediate reaction without engaging our brain into the conversation itself. So what do I mean by that? So if I take my own life and yeah, I'm still working on this like everybody else and I'm now 50 and I think about how I've grown over those 50 years and really changed my patterns of behavior and my communication. Now I like to take my time now in conversation and so if I'm feeling emotional a lot of the time I can become aware of it and I can stop the conversation or I I won't participate in the conversation because I'm letting everything settle down in my mind and thinking about my emotions and why I might be having an emotional reaction. Now that all sounds great and I'd love to tell you I do all that all the time, but I don't, I really don't. Often I will come straight out with an emotional response that will then get a sarcastic reply or another emotional response from the person I'm talking to. Uh, Classic examples of this are when I'm talking to uh, Megan, who's the 11-year-old in my life, and sometimes she'll say something, well, I'm just trying to think of... um, Oh, yeah, something yesterday that happened, okay? So not understanding somebody else's point of view until later on. So just a normal conversation. I don't know about you, but I we in- encourage Megan in our household to, uh, when she comes home, get out of her school uniform because it's uh, quite an expensive school <laughs> uniform. I never realised how much blazers were and to get into her playthings. Now, we have a lot of animals in the house, especially dogs, so if, as soon as you walk in, Of course, all the dog wants to do is come up and rub themselves against you and then cover you in hair. We also have some chickens, and we have a poorly chicken that needs looking after at the moment. 
and they need cleaning out and eggs collecting and, and all of that is fairly grubby work and uh, in my values and belief system something best to be done not in school uniform so we had a quick conversation about can you please get out of your school uniform and just go and put some older clothes on and then I came back into the house and she was doing some work on the computer now I didn't know at the time that she was working on an essay that she'd come straight in and started doing her homework Many of you out there would be going, oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. I wish my child was like that. And seriously, she's a great kid. And she does get on with her homework. And it's very important to her to do that. But she was still in her school uniform. So for me, that kind of suddenly became the most important thing that I was focusing on. Now, if I look back on it, I'd just finished work. I'd come back. I was quite busy at home. And so I wasn't clearly being rational in my thinking processes or conscious, probably more to the point, and self-aware in what I'm saying. So my immediate reaction as the adult in the relationship is, can you go and get changed? I've asked you several times to do that. Her immediate reaction to me is, can I finish this, please? And I'm like, well, what is it? And she said, this writing. And I said, well, I'm sure it can wait until you get changed. Now, right there, right now, that was really important to her because that was a piece of homework. She's getting lots more homework. She started a secondary school. So homework is now a lot uh, more intensive than it has been before and important to her but from my perspective I was like I just want you out of your school uniform because it costs a lot of money <laughs> because I don't want the dog hair all over it and so on coming at it from my perspective so there's a conversation a really simple conversation there of two people coming at it from their own perspective now in hindsight and on reflection of that Actually, it wasn't that important for her to go and change. And I could have delved into that a little bit more. So rather than giving that pure emotional response of, no, I've said I want you out of your school uniform, please go and do it now, I could have, and I would like to have said, well, that sounds really important to you. What are you doing? And then she would have explained to me probably that she was writing an essay for school and that she was getting lots of homework and she was wanting to get it done. And I would have come at that conversation from a different point of view. Now, there were not huge emotions involved in that. But as you can see from that simple few sentences, there are two people coming at what they want in life without taking time to find out what it is that the other person wants from that conversation. Now, stopping your emotions and stopping a reactionary conversation is not easy. And I'm not going to say it's easy because... It's one of the most difficult things to do because if you want to change any sort of habit, you have to be aware of how you react and what your general default position is. Now, if you're tired, you're quite often likely to say words or use behaviours that you wouldn't do normally. Generally at home with our loved ones, it's easier for us to slip into an emotional conversation. Perhaps you're a boss and you have a team member that challenges you constantly and you know that you've got to get something done because you're getting pressure from your boss. So you'll sit in a team meeting and say, right, this is what I want. And you'll probably use those words, I want or I need you to do this. And as soon as you start saying those I want and I need you to do this, you're slipping into that behavior of this is all about me. And perhaps you get a pushback from a member of your staff and you're just not sure why. In fact, you don't even think about why because what's happening at the moment it's so important for you to achieve this goal because 
for whatever reason you don't want to get grief from your own boss perhaps or perhaps you're looking for a promotion it could be anything it could absolutely be anything so we don't then take the time out and we give an immediate reaction perhaps it's with your uh, family member whatever family member perhaps you have a different thought process than they do so when they say something you immediately come back with a defensive reaction perhaps you think that they're criticizing you i know that i do this with um, my partner not because they are criticizing me but if i'm feeling delicate or i'm feeling that i'm not quite achieving to where i should be and they say something it makes me question myself it's my thought process that questions myself and, it, and it's not them attacking me but it's me taking the words that they're saying as an attack not like a verbal or a physical attack but causing me some self-doubt causing that thought process to then think well am i good enough should i be doing this i should have done that why didn't i do this why didn't i reorganize my day this way and they don't even mean that they're just pointing out a, a, a fact that they see so we're very quick and then what happens is i'll give that re emotional re defensive reaction pushing them away protecting myself if you have ever read the chimp paradox it talks about the emotional and logical brain and that's you know whenever we are feeling threatened in any way shape or form not necessarily from a physical attack or a verbal attack but because somebody we believe is questioning us and i read a great chapter in a book recently that talked a lot about this and it said you know people are not attacking you just because they're saying something specifically does not mean that it is an attack on you but they're just saying it to you but it's how you interpret that that then causes that emotional reaction and emotional re response in you. So the first point is be self-aware. And I talk a lot about this in other episodes as well. But the more you can be self-aware about your own behavior, it's like giving up cigarettes. If you can work out every time you have a cigarette and what triggers you to have that cigarette and what behavior it is, then that can help you to stopping smoking. It's like overeating. If you can work out what it is that triggers the overeating and why you do it in the first place and then put steps in process as different strategy to help you with that, you're more likely to be successful. It's the same in communication, but we take communication for granted every single day. We feel it's just part of our normal life. It's just normal part of conversation that we never actually stop and go, hang on a sec. What is causing me to have this trigger reaction? Why am I having this reaction? And is there a different way that I can do this? So self-awareness is the first thing. The second one is also about self-awareness, but it's about feeling the reaction in your body. Now, this might sound a bit crazy or a bit off the wall, but if you can feel where the reaction is in your body. So for me, I know that if I am being challenged around, or I, my perception, sorry, <laughs> If, uh, that I'm being challenged you see it's everyday conversation if I'm being challenged that's not true it's my perception of if I am being challenged then I feel a tenseness in my shoulders I feel a tightness in my chest now I am able quite a lot of the time now to recognize that I'm not saying I recognize it all the time because I certainly don't but a lot of the time I can recognize that and then when I can recognize that what I'm able to do is either walk away or just say you know what, I'm just going to stop this conversation here because I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret and I can feel myself getting an emotional. Now, when you say that, please don't think that everything's going to be rosy in the garden and that the other person is just going to let you walk away because they they probably won't. Because if they're coming at the conversation from an emotional point of view, what they're likely to do is if they are a needing person who needs to hear what's going on through your head, they're going to push you. 
they're going to push you and they'll say, well, what's wrong? What's the matter? Let me help you. Let me do this. And it might be that you just want to take some time out and then come back to the conversation. So a way of addressing that is if you know that that's how you react and if you have a good enough relationship with the other person you're having the conversation with is to say, next time it happens, please can you just leave me alone? I don't want you to follow me. A lot of the time we do this as parents and I know a lot of parents have said this to me is I want to take the pain away. I want to make it better. I want to follow my child. I want them to know that I'm there and so so I'll follow them when they're getting angry and actually they're walking away because they want to address the emotions that they're going through and they don't necessarily need you as a parent to problem solve but that goes against our parental values and beliefs because we want to be there to protect our child so be aware of that as well and have that honest conversation if you know that you get frustrated if you know that you can recognize when you're getting emotional and you don't want to give that emotional reaction back straight away, then just say that to the person. Please, in the future, this is how I know I react. So if I ask you to just leave me be so I can gather my thoughts, then please respect that and let me do that. And for the other person, it might be hard because they might even look at you and say, well, why would you want to do that? Why can't I help? Do you not trust me? And then it's all about them going through their emotions and that ch- what their perception of is that you're having a go at them that they're doing something wrong and it's just not about that that's about you and how you react so recognizing and then having that conversation is the second one and the third one is to just let you know it's perfectly normal to do all of this that is perfectly normal to get frustrated to get angry to feel challenged to feel defensive to go over the top on small things to perceive that people may be attacking you when perhaps they're not, and I mean verbally, not physically, and all of those other conversations that you have in your own head, your own thought processes, are all completely normal. You are just a human being going through your processes of thoughts and emotions. But once you know that, and you know that you're perfectly normal, then you can do more about it. And be, just be, just be you, don't try to be anybody else. Just be you in the moment, be you in the now, recognizing how you feel about different aspects of your life and what your triggers and emotions are. And don't beat yourself up for it. I've spent loads of time in my life beating myself up. My thought processes are, you know, you're not good enough. Why would you do this? What do people think of you? Look, they're laughing at you. They're talking about you, especially from a younger age, you know, when you're really trying to find your feet and your way in life. And I see younger people now doing exactly the same because nobody's told them that you're going to have these thought processes, but that you can actually control them, that you can start to be more aware of them, that you can let them be, that you can spend some time feeling sorry for yourself, that you can go and be angry, but there's a different way of expressing the anger rather than taking it out physically or verbally on somebody else, that you can take yourself off, that you can go and punch a couple of pillows, that you can, uh, I'm a great lover of playing the drums now because you can really (laughs) bash out the drums and it doesn't hurt anybody. And also when you're trying to play the drums or any sort of sport or musical instrument that involves using your feet and your legs, I don't know about you, but I'm completely uncoordinated. I have to really focus on that so it takes away any other thought process. And so it's okay to be you. It's okay to recognize these things. It's okay to go and shout and be frustrated and be angry and take yourself off to a room. It's okay to have a trusted friend and offload. It doesn't mean that you've become the biggest gossip in the world. 
there's very much a difference between going around gossiping about people, pointing out other people's faults, not accepting responsibility for how your life is going, than just having a safe offload with somebody that you trust and who will probably give you a very sensible, logical perspective and perhaps put you back on an even keel. So they're the three steps really and it is all about being self-aware but it's also about being okay with you and having a mechanism of dealing with that yourself and recognising not just when you're saying things but also how that physical representation presents itself in your body and often sometimes we're caught unaware and we'll say or do something and then reflect on it later and think gosh why did I do that why did I say that what was it about that situation and remember every day is a school day (laughs) every day we're learning and every day we're trying to just work out how we can have better conversations and how we can stop that emotion taking over the conversation and don't beat yourself up if you are unable to do it It's like anything that's new. I bet when you first sat in a car and you tried to drive a car, you looked at all the pedals and you thought, how on earth am I going to drive this? And now you probably drive from A to B completely unconsciously, forgetting how you even got to your destination in the first place. So have a great day, have a great week, and I'll catch up with you soon. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Coms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review, and I look forward to speaking to you soon.